0: The Lave Radio Project was our last best hope for news A self-contained podcast two hours long Located in neutral territory A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads Community members and developers A shining beacon in space All alone on a Tuesday night It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite The year's space legs came upon us all This is the story of the last of the Lavian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place, Lave Radio.
1: Commanders, and welcome to episode 354 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix to Fire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our um, Chief Staff liaison, Commander Sykett.
2: Hello.
1: We have our inhuman resources director, Commander Shan. Hello. And joining us as Chief Squeer in Chief, uh, we have um, Commander Crash.
3: Greetings.
1: And um, we we'll also say hello to uh, Commander Ventura, who is today's tech monkey for this uh, for this journey. Hello. So, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game. We've got people. Um, basically hanging around live station and things like that if you can't join us live um, then you can also join the twitch chat channel which you can access through live slash live click on the live chat or go straight to twitch.tv slash live radio or go to youtube and live radio or finally uh, facebook and live radio so uh, we'll just quickly go around the crew, see what they've been up to for the last week or so. And um, yes, we'll start with Commander Shan.
4: How have you been? I've, well, apart from being on the run from the village crochet group Mafia, um, I've been doing very well. Um, in game, I have been. Um, on my third account doing Rubigo passenger missions to get some money back in preparation for next week, going on my main account, mining stuff so I can transfer some money from my third account into my main account's carrier benevolent fund. Um, as I say, re- in, in real life, I kind of got in trouble today because uh, there's the inaugural meeting of our villages crochet group and on Facebook, when they're organising it, they were talking about COVID precautions. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I jokingly suggested, um, why don't you make the first meeting of the crochet club making crochet face masks for people? And they, the crochet club didn't appreciate that. They thought I was being serious. And they got in a tizzy because they thought we weren't being COVID sensitive and secure. Or wanting them to wear crochet face masks. So yes, I am persona non grata in the village crochet club at the moment. How come I get the feeling that the village
1: that you live in is very, very similar to the villages in *Midsummer Murders*, and we're just one crochet club away from a from a knitting needle through the eye?
4: Oh no, it's just like hot furs around here. Tell you. Fair enough. uh, Well, the thing the thing is, though, Mrs. Shan is also the administrator of the village Facebook group. So she had to moderate one of my posts suggesting it because it was causing so much of a ruckus. So, yeah, I've been moderated by my own wife. How come that does not surprise me? (laughs) Well, Um, well, The other thing I got in trouble for today was... um, was that the uh, it turns out the um HR department or the, the department of the company our workforce department has somehow given some people five days extra holiday and basically miscalculated the amount of holiday and leave people get. Okay. so so we were on a call today with um the one of the directors and and they were asking, you know how come uh, Shan, you've got five extra days' holiday? to which I quit oh, that's um, the self-isolation bonus. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm in trouble there as well. So, basically, I need to keep my trap shut for the rest of the day before I get burned at the stake, I think. Mean. I see your um, lead balloon
1: launching service is going well, then.
4: Oh, I'm becoming an expert at it. I've been practicing. Actually, that should be part of uh, Kerbal Space Programme. I should have a special lead balloon functioning <laughs> Kerbal's space programme because I think I'd ace it
1: Excellent um, Commander Psykit what have you been up to for the last week or so?
2: Nothing anywhere near as exciting as pissing a lot of people off I'd like to think not
1: <laughs> There's nothing more English than piss, pissing off <laughs> it's the village Crocation Club
2: it's Stop only a matter of time before he. It's only a matter of time before he ends up with a pitchfork through his chest. <laughs> We've all seen that episode of Summer. We know it's happening. Um, this week, this week I have um, I, I bought a lot more things for my garden because we're still me- trying to make the garden look pretty. I was on light duty this week, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. um In game, I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of like racing around with a hauler. I can't think why.
1: Mm, yes, yeah, funny you should
4: mention that. <laughs> so, so, hang on. So, your garden, like, is it? Are you manually doing the gardening, or have you uh, got we, a gardener, or have you got we, a special design?
2: We got Aladdin. We got Aladdin to do the bits. We got Aladdin.
1: Aladdin, wow, Aladdin wow, to do the manual
2: labour.
1: Yeah, one rub of the lamp, and you have the best. <laughs> oh
2: my god. You guys are the literal worst. We've got we got a bloke in to do um do some like manual labour and put a patio in. I'm doing all the decoration, and the pretty pretty things. So
1: yes, it's funny as you mentioned that. Sort of uh, we've got a heck of a lot of solar lights in our back garden. Looks very nice, but um yeah,
4: silver lights. Is that for the? Does that spell out aliens land here or something like that? What's solar. It's, what solar lights. Did you think? Silver- you said I, said, I said silver lights. I said solar.
2: It's going to be lit up like bloody Belisha beacons out there if we're, by the time I'm finished,
4: that's for sure. So, Colin, I, so your, these lights, are you going to hook your Hammond organ up to it and like do a th- closing cancers of the third kind for it? Let, we'll leave my organ out of it, thank you very much. Right. Uh, ben <laughs> isn't here. You can't use innuendo. We're not allowed any innuendo this week because we've got no Ben. We have a no, slug Ben, but we don't honestly- have a yeah but
1: I'm, I'm quite sure we've got some some things coming up later on that would would fill that in quite quite nicely
2: so wait a second um, whose organ is filling what in right now just for clarity
4: there we go see <laughs> um paul archer just said "Psychic's garden is now a whole new world <laughs> he's <got laughs> in so, you got a lad in your garden. Oh, oh my god.
2: See what well, you did oh, that I see, I see what you did no. there. That. That's why I've, I've already responded.
1: Oh, no. okay. Fine. Right. It takes a while, but we get there eventually. Right. Commander Cra- Oh, Commander Crash. <laughs>
3: way that's what i'm mostly doing right now actually <laughs> i i've been a busy busy bunny i have been doing so much uh, gardening housekeeping or oh, uh, just tidying things I, I i have sorted out so much stuff in my house i now need to hire a skip in order to get rid of it all so that gives you an indication of how busy i've been Do you need to get a lad in i i <laughs> well, i might get might need to get a couple and a genie um it's gonna it's yeah i i i've been very very busy with all that kind of stuff but in game yeah i did manage to get a little bit of time doing a few things in game um which i uh have been rather enjoying uh maybe doing a little bit of fifth column stuff i'm out near fort mug in colonia at the moment so i've been uh, uh maybe maybe partaking in a little bit of illicit murdering non-life-giving type stuff yeah just to, to help out the faction um but yeah yeah uh uh, other than Elite, I did manage to get hold of a copy of Car Mechanics Simulator Twenty Twenty One, which sounds incredibly lame, but it's actually quite chill. So actually, how does that um, work?
4: Is it like <laughs> operate? Is it like Operation? You know, where if you, you try and take a clutch out, and if you touch the size
3: it beats you or something. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like working on a three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle in reverse and then putting it back together again. It's, it's rather enjoyable. You just kind of zen out and just uh, uh, mix and match the parts, which I, I couldn't help but play it and thought, I would love to do this on a spaceship. Like, please. <laughs> Lovely.
1: Um, right, uh, let's have a quick think about what I've been doing. Well, I myself also um, took a trip in the uh, in my hauler, the Pity the Fool. Um, that didn't go as well as I'd hoped. And um, let's see, I've got my new commander up to the level with Power Play that uh means that i'm i'm helping out again with the the emperor she's now gone from fourth place up to first again where she should rightfully be Uh, and of course anybody who wants to stop me is welcome to do it in open because that's the only time the only way i play that uh and of course my uh, explorer commander is still heading to colonia in a very very slow way but um at the moment, I'm stuck in a system with with three moons around a gas giant, all of which have got uh, three, four, and five biological signals on. So I'm going to be stuck in the system for quite a while. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that is basically everybody. Um, let's see what has been happening with the... Uh, development news this week. Well, not much. I mean, we know that Patch Seven is in progress, and we know that it will be coming sometime in September. But apart from the issue tracker that they mentioned last week, um, they haven't really talked about it anymore. Even the um, the streams on a Thursday and a Tuesday have just been. Um, well, community streams, more like, and uh, they look like they'll continue until at least next Tuesday. Um, We did have a suicide patch on Friday morning, uh, which basically sorted out missing, or lost cargo, which went missing when you started doing Odyssey support missions. Um, That has now apparently been fixed. So, um, thumbs up. I would like to see more people, um, more of these server-side patches come in. I just guess that um, they're limited by what they can fix for that. Uh, Did anybody else have any trouble with that bug?
4: Not me personally, no.
1: Yeah. I I found it quite a rare one, but, uh, well, at least it's off the list. Um, Well, the other news that we had was that um, David Braben actually talked in an interview with Tech Radar. Um, mostly the, he was discussing the um, uh, the Beth- Bethesda uh, game Starfield. Well, that's where, where the, the, the start-off point was. Um, I mean, what do we actually know about Starfield so far?
2: It's a Bethesda game about spaceships. That's all I've got.
1: And that's it.
4: ribbon <laughs> So
1: is it as though no, anybody said single player, multiplayer, or anything? Apart from it's an Xbox Xbox exclusive?
3: I don't think they've confirmed either way, have they? Yeah, it's all is up it an there. Xbox
2: exclusive? Or is it a, is Xbox it a Game Pass is exclusive? That's important.
1: Well, according to the article, um, it says uh, Bethesda has promised a hand solo simulator striking an Xbox exclusive with a release date set quite far in the future as in November the 11th 2022 that's all the details i've got on it
3: but, i think that's about all that most people have got at the moment isn't it yeah. it's kind of thin on the ground of what the details are going to be but i mean david did seem pretty enthusiastic in the uh, in the interview about the uh, the ambition of the game at least yeah well um it's a bit yeah
1: without he just say that he is A a fan of Bethesda games. It's just, um, I mean, Skyrim in space. What do you guys think of that?
2: I don't, I don't necessarily know that. That's that's no, that was my my
1: guess, Colin.
4: That was
1: my guess. I I guess um, the the main question everybody is really thinking is: is it a competitor to Elite, or is it will be something else?
4: If it's Xbox only, then no, it's not because I haven't got an Xbox, so therefore it's not competitive to Elite.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair enough.
4: Um, so
1: overall, uh, the article summarises where uh, Elite started, um, how it uh, how it progressed, how the Kickstarter happened, and yes, like it
2: um, in in. In response to your question about whether or not it's it's going to be a competitor, um, just uh, looking on the Starfield website, it does say that it's Xbox Game Pass, so that would include PC um, as well. I'm sure it, I'm sure it was one of the ones that they were touting as the Games Pass release. That was going to be the um, going to be one of their um, as it's released. It goes on the Game Pass with quite a few games that they have at the mo- at the moment that they're doing. Um, so yeah, I think. With everything, there's a lot of there's a lot of space games out, out at them the moment, and there's more coming out. There's more going through um, alphas and things like that. Um, so we I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again: we're in a really lucky, happy time for um, for space games at the moment. There's lots to choose from. So yeah, it will be a competitor. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, Elite's going to disappear but more, com- more competitors is only a good thing.
1: Fair enough. Um, right. Moving on. I mean, <sighs> Crash.
3: Yeah, I was just to echo what, what uh, Psychic was saying there. It definitely is nice to have more games in the space, in that genre, and <laughs> then in that space of the space genres. Um, and, you know, I, I, yeah, okay, it will be a competitor. It always is. But it's the same with, you know, first-person shooters or any other genre out there. Um, that doesn't mean that game immediately dies because something does something similar to what it does. Uh, it's just, you know, competition is great. It, it, it improves uh, you know, the, the play space overall for everyone.
4: Sean? Um, Yeah, I just want to read out a little bit of the interview that I found quite interesting because this is where he talks about Bethesda and Starfield. Mm -hmm. Um, The interview goes Returning to Starfield. Braven feels it's important that Bethesda recognizes the challenges that exist in the modern digital world and learn from recent releases, including No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk 2077, which have become targets of social media vilification because of missed deadlines or lackluster content. It's mm-hmm. a risk, he explains. Some games can. Very much become all things to all people we have this with Elite odyssey as well where people expect every ship interior to be different let's see how Bethesda does i don't want to be criticizing them i think they're a very good company But i do think they've gone live so early that they've got that their work cut out that's the
5: truth of it
1: well that sounds like a warning to me um that sounds like a warning of careful with your expectations <laughs> yeah Definitely, yeah so that's that's something that I think um, the lesson that um, elite dangerous is uh, especially with odyssey is is learning very painfully at the moment <laughs> um I mean what was your take on that shan then
4: um, I don't really want to expand it on the show because I was incredibly disappointed with I mean, yes, it's a warning, but there's also no recognition in that that you could potentially add elite Odyssey to the No Man's Sky Sub twenty seventy seven list. And he doesn't actually say, Well, yeah, we're going through this as well. So yeah, we know all about we know we're learning this lesson too. There was no kind of um uh, I th- I think ad- we when he was said we have this with elite odyssey as well,
1: that's that I really think that he meant actually including No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk seven seven in that.
4: Yeah, but he then points to the community, doesn't he? That's what people expect. So it's like, it's it's, it's the community's fault. Their expectations are wrong. It's not, it's not that we released it too early, it's your fault. Well, we know that they have released
1: it too early. I think we've all agreed on that. But, um, hmm. I still think he's including it in with No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk 2077. Um, Psychit.
2: Yeah, I would. I would agree with you there. Col- I would definitely agree with you. It feels like it's. Um, he's he's saying I. He, he's like saying No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk, but obviously he can't comment on those. He has to then move forwards and comment on the. Um, mistakes that have been made through um through odyssey and in not setting um not setting those those expectations by far um yeah that would that was my takeaway from it that it, it certainly certainly pulled out like it was a was an admission of um yeah things went a bit a bit tits up there
4: anyway the we'll have the link in the show notes if people can make their own mind up. i think it's the easiest thing to do for this one Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Um, anybody got anything else to add to that? Or,
1: is, or yeah,
2: I'm really excited about Starfield. It looks quite, from what I've seen, it looks quite good. I'm, I'm if it if it comes out when it come if it comes out late if it comes out late that's fine as well. Um, I'm I'm quite chuffed about another another space game to play. You know, I, I'm a simple girl. I like flying a spaceship. I quite i I would be interested to see what what support they gave to like hotel support and things like that. Though those are the nitty gritties with Starfield that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. But mm-hmm. um and and what whether it is a multiplayer or it's going to be like a really linear like a linear more story based thing. But I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I mean I I don't know about anybody else, but I I, I can't get excited about a Bethesda game until it's been out for a year. Because no matter what you said about Elite Dangerous being bad or anything or um, uh, issues with No Man's Sky, Bethesda, when you when we tried to play Skyrim when it first came out and uh, Fallout when it first came out, oh, 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 it was awful. And it, it you know it was just typical they pushed it out too early and it took them about at least a year to sort out all the issues. So maybe, maybe it's going to be history repeating itself. Or am I the only one that's had those
4: issues with Bethesda games? I think Crash wanted to
3: chip in. <laughs> I was going to say, Colin, you took the words out of my mouth. And for everyone listening... Don't pre-order. Do not, do not, pre- don't pre-order. Please yeah. don't pre-order. I, I mean, I'm keen to see what it looks like. I, I would love another space game under the belt to, to, to play, but don't pre-order. Do not pre-order.
4: <laughs> the, thing, the thing that makes Bethesda Games, I really hope Starfield has this, is they, very soon after release, they include an editor. With the game, or like you can download so you can make your own content, you can customize the game and mod it to your heart's content. and that for me is what adds to the longevity and also it helps the fixes as well that they inevitably bring in. but I really hope they include some sort of editor that you can mod Starfield with, um, because I think that just adds longevity to the game. Like it?
2: Um, I've never played a Bethesda game. I'm sorry. Oh no, I played a little bit of Fallout Four, but I didn't. I didn't really get on with it very well, so I uninstalled that Bethesda game.
1: Actually, I'll understand what you mean about Fallout. I mean, I can't get into Fallout. I got into Skyrim and I got into Oblivion, which are the two
6: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the you know the Elder Scrolls things. I, I, I absolutely love them. But the issue that I, I I had was basically when it was released.
3: Oh, my goodness, was it... Oh, yeah, Crash. (laughs) Yeah, Bethesda do have their reputation for things being a little bit uh, less than polished at launch. Um, I mean, I absolutely loved Fallout 3, but then again, I got the Game of the Year edition years after release with all of the add-ons and all of the bugs fixed, and it was an incredibly enjoyable experience. Um, Skyrim, I did get it at launch. It was just as enjoyable and to be honest I think I was quite lucky that I didn't see a lot of the bugs that people were reporting Uh, you know the NPCs getting stuck in doors and the weird stuff that you see on there but yeah I I think the main thing that Bethesda always bring to the table is they make an experience which is just kind of like a a believable world there's lots of little details in it they're not necessarily visual or 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 graphical elements but there's a lot of uh, believability in the world there's there's objects that exist there for a reason there's tiny little intricate things that don't necessarily serve a purpose in the game like when you go into the taverns in skyrim you have all the little pieces of cutlery that you can individually pick up and throw around and, and all that kind of stuff which i think is really really great to kind of flesh out a world and make it feel lived in and and real um and i hope they they do that kind of thing with starfield i think that'd be really fantastic to be poking around in uh, abandoned space mines and going through lockers and finding random objects and trying to figure out which ones were worth keeping and stuff i think i I think i'm going to enjoy that kind of experience excellent um go back to psychic
2: the one thing with bethesda games and my my worry about it being multiplayer is is my understanding of what happened with Fallout 76, which is limited, um, don't get me wrong, but there there were certainly problems, um, to say that's like playing it right down. There, I understand there were a few problems with Fallout 76. Actually, <laughs> Might be the end of the century.
1: <laughs> actually, I think this, it, it's fair to say that um, Fallout 76 was released in a worse state than Odyssey in my opinion. Um, however, if you actually look at it right now, after a, report, a year, year and a half of development, it's actually quite good from what I've heard. Uh, they, they've certainly pulled the finger out and fixed it, which, you know, it's um, it gives you hope for the future as long as, you know, the companies stick at it.
4: Um, Shan, Yes, I was going to mention about um, the CESI games and bugs. And I go back to um, what I said about the editor. The, other, the thing that make, made Skyrim playable for me for all the bugs was the ability to, to use a console command to move an NPC or move a piece of dialogue along to bypass the bug. And, and part of me thinking, rather cynically, that that was why they include the editor there, because they know it's going to have bugs. So they provide an easy way to get around said bug while they fix it. Um, but you kind of know what you're going to get with the SESTA game. You know it's going to be bugged. You know it's going to be glitchy at start, and you know they're going to fix it. I think where other makers, other games from you know publishers, fall down is we don't expect the bugs. So therefore, our expectations are for a finished, polished product, not how Bethesda to tend to be release making. Yeah, I know, but that's that's not true
1: because when you look at Cyberpunk specifically when the witcher came out you know the witcher three when it first came out it was all over the place it really wasn't just a bad state as uh cyberpunk was and it's, it's just got me that the fact that you know what did you expect it's it just um uh, yeah
3: crash yeah, I think this this goes back to my earlier think of not pre-ordering. That there's such a drive in the industry at the moment to push everything towards early access, and uh, you know, getting that money early before the product's finished. And the the trouble with that is, as soon as the money is in the hands of the developers, they have no incentive to continue completing that that product. You know, they know that it's out the door. People have already paid the money for it. Once you've hit that initial spike uh, of influx of of money coming into a project, it tails off. it It does like in every single sense of the word, whether it's a crowdfunded product or anything, you you always have that kind of initial burst of interest and then it's just just peters off until there's just like the odd little purchase here and there. Um the trouble with that model is it's not um it's not sustainable. and and I think developers realize that and they realize they've got to get it out early. They've got to get that money in. And if they don't get everything working uh, early as, it's just not financially viable for them to continue with it. They just pretty much have to pull the plug on it.
4: Hmm. Sean? Um, well, I've been thinking about the pre-orders question. And this follows on from uh, last week. And ooh, maybe I'm a bit naive. I don't know. But if if a company has never let me down, with a release, I feel more comfortable pre-ordering because the chances are they won't let me down this time. But if they then subsequently screw up, then they're like on my blacklist and I'll never pre-order from them again. So, and again, drink time, there, I'm quite happily ordered the Guild Wars 2 expansion from ArenaNet because in every single one of their releases since 2005, it's always been a good release for me. I've never, there hasn't been any game-breaking bugs. They've managed to get the technology to work so that the of on- the people doesn't crash the servers. So they have a track record of delivering against their pre-orders. The second that changes, then they're on my "don't do this again" list. So yeah, you know, I, I, that's how I feel about it. I'm not afraid to pre-order if a company's proven trustworthy. Yeah, I mean, the problem that I've got at the moment
1: is that um, I'm a big fan of the Baldur's Gate games and as as you all know that Baldur's Gate 3 is on pre-order at, at Steam and on GOG and uh, I think it's also on, on Epic. And I am having to fight the, the temptation to actually pre-order because, you know, I'm such a fanboy of the old Baldur's Gate series but um I can't bring myself to click that button because it is at the pre-order stage but I really want to. It is difficult. Um so it. Get...
2: Well, it's Dungeons and Dragons though, you're allowed. You're allowed. I will um as as um as GM I allow <laughs> you to pre-order um uh, you don't I, you don't even need to make a check. You can pre-order anything to do with Dungeons and Dragons. I'm more than happy for you to do so.
1: No, mine I my willpower saves are quite good at the moment, so I'm quite impressed.
2: Okay, okay. Yes, I'll I'm getting it.
1: natural twenties <laughs> every time so far. Oh,
2: nice, nice. Mm. Um, I will say um that there's there's a balance between like the pre-order stuff and um that, that willpower um in not pre-ordering. We can become victims of hype and community teams are really, really good at driving that hype train and um, making people excited about a game. I think, to circle it back round to Elite Dangerous, I feel like um, the the thing that Elite and potentially what Bethesda's done with Starfield is they might have started a little bit... uh, They start a little bit early hyping their games and hyping things that are coming, that by the time people... By the time it does come... um, the hype is so insane from from some areas of the of the community, the hype is so um bonkers that anything less than perfect is utterly terrible.
1: Well oh, yeah, it's it's the No Man's Sky syndrome, isn't it?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Cause there is your prime example of hype out of control. And yeah. <laughs> I mean it's 5 years since that's been released they had their 5 year anniversary this week uh and uh yeah you've got to admire hello games for the way they turned it around I still can't still can't stand flying any of the ships though I do like the ground stuff which is you know um <laughs> it's it's kind of opposite of Elite Dangerous where, you know, I want better ground stuff, but I love flying the ships.
4: So, a question regarding the Elite Dangerous pre-order, then. Would hmm. you say that the Lifetime Expansion Pass was, if you like, the ultimate pre-order? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And after after the experience of the Elite Lifetime Expansion Pass, would you ever order a lifetime extension pass for any other game again. Okay. um, Crash, do
1: you want to go that first?
3: (laughs) Uh, I have to say no in order to be consistent with what I said earlier. (laughs) I I think I've got my money's worth of everything for Elite. I will set that caveat, but yeah, definitely... It it's a mistake to pre-order anything. It really is. It, it's a very very hard thing to get it. Like you said, that that hype, that excitement, that expectation. It's human nature to be excited about something and want something really really bad. But yeah, definitely. I I don't think I would do it again. Psychic. Um, so I, can-
2: um, I don't have a life expansion pass in the same way that I haven't played any Bethesda games. However, however, if a Kickstarter went out tomorrow, or um, they were like, or someone said that they were going to do. Uh, a game that really really interested me um and it was like like elite 2 or something like that or a life exp- a life expansion pass in any other games yeah i probably would buy it because i'm i'm the worst and if i was super hyped about it and it was and it looked like it would probably be cheaper based on the plans that they were doing of course i'd buy it if it was a Dungeons and Dragons game that looked like I I would be able to do everything with Dungeons and Dragons in Dungeons and Dragons related, and it was going to update with all of the books every single time. Anytime something new came in, they would they would implement everything that was in the books, like spells, all of that. Um, I'm going on a huge tangent because um, I could talk about Dungeons and Dragons probably for longer than I could talk about Elite Dangerous, but um, I uh, yeah, I absolutely would 100. percent I, I don't learn lessons from pre-orders.
1: <laughs> sorry Crash so everyone now point, points their finger at psychic and says you're the problem
2: yeah I'm the problem, I'm really sorry guys it's me, it's my fault
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm,
2: I'm the problem here my bad
1: I mean the, the issue that um well I will say that no because the only reason I I, pr- I I went for the LEP was basically because it was Elite and of course that I've never done it for any other game. I haven't even pre-ordered for any other game. Um, this this is, of course, a special um, a special game for me,
4: which is why we're still doing <laughs> this Bloomin' podcast. Um Sean. So, it's like it. I've got a brilliant <laughs> space game in mind. You can pre-order only fifty quid. Okay, and I can. But anyway, on on terms of the the lifetime expansion path looking back at games i've had um experience with that also offered a lifetime expansion pass i think all of them have been particularly poor value for money and i'm thinking of uh, champions online that had a lifetime expansion pass hellgate london had a lifetime expansion pass and Yeah, I just don't... I mean, like you, Colin, I brought a lifetime extension pass because, hey, it was Elite. It was David Braben, And and that's why... That's the only reason why I went for it. But I don't think I ever will again because historically, they've always been very poor value for money. Uh, Well,
1: ironically, the Elite one has been completely the opposite as far as I'm concerned because I worked it out. For the price that I paid, the amount of game time that I've got out of this. It works at something ridiculous like one or not point five P an hour. In fact, probably a lot less than that. Um psychic. Like
2: yeah, that was what I was gonna ask really was like, um I I um I have this habit of like um establishing the worth of something by how often I've used it based to how much based upon how much I've paid for it because I think that's a good it's a good comparison to make and um I was just curious as to, uh, I didn't know how much you may have told me before but I, I couldn't remember how much the um the LEP was when you bought it
1: uh, in the kickstarter it was I think it was the 90 pound package uh but if you were in horizons then it was about 120 yeah yeah 120 including horizons okay yeah uh i'm with crash on that one but i'm not going to say how much out out loud
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean that's a lot of money for 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 little for little old me that would take a lot for me to make that decision as to whether or not i would spend it on on an outlay mm-hmm. i mean i backed a game doesn't necessarily give me an, a lifetime expansion pass but i backed a game for 60 60 quid once so that's like which would which will give me all all of the game and stuff like that but um I'm yeah, I was just curious as to how how value for money you felt. you felt that it's been based on the amount of time that you've got out of the game.
1: Well, yeah, um I was I was put thumbs up for the amount of stuff that I've got out of it. Crash.
3: Yeah, I think, um, like I said, the value for money is definitely there. I know, I mean, it, with some of the updates, I thought a lot of people question the quality of what we received, whether or not it's worthwhile. But definitely, in terms of the amount of entertainment per penny gone into it, sort of thing, it's definitely been worthwhile for me.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people in the chat are um, looking at how much it actually costs. it's surprisingly enough, you can actually look it up. It's uh, elite. The elite Kickstarter is still in Kickstarter which um, I'm just having a man-type stuff on internet. Um, I mean, <laughs> the one issue that I actually had, were, and uh, I am i don't know whether I made a mistake or not, I wish I'd done the same as what Drew had done and done a Kickstarter, a Kickstarter to get the Fiction Pack. I've always regretted the fact that I missed out on, on, on that excitement of the Fiction Pack. But, yeah, that's always, um, yeah... That that would have raised my
4: um, hour per my value per hour, uh, Shan. Yes, I was also when you talk thinking about uh, pre-ordering. Have you ever pre-ordered or ordered the special edition of something for the goodies they give you? It might be, you know, virtual items, or it might be you get the collector's book or soundtrack or yeah. a <laughs> statue of something. You know, have you actually spent extra to get the goodies? Yes, because I, cause I yeah. have. Because um, I have. I brought the I brought the Star Wars um, MMO collector's pack. The Old Republic. Yeah, the so I got the Darth yeah. whoever he is statue with him. Um, cool. Yeah, I also brought the uh, Elder Scrolls. Oh, you went pack. for the Elder Scrolls as well. Oh. Well, I enjoyed I the beta, and the, at the time, you could play any race with any faction. With any class if you brought the imperial pack or something like that it was it was that and uh i bought two copies of guild wars 2 collector's edition um one of which is unopened and stuff so that's kind of gathering dust wings and be actually worth something because the guild Wars one collector's pack unopened and unused mm-hmm. that would that was like 40 quid at the time but now it's worth 500. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's see. Well, oh, funnily
1: enough, I did buy one of the special edition packages for Sotor. Uh It's funny how you, when you looked at it, the lifetime expansion pass was always for MMOs, and I, you know, after being burnt with um, the Matrix Online, um, I vowed never ever to go anywhere near. Lifetime expansion pass uh, for those games as a service, and then Elite came along, and I broke that one rule. <laughs> um,
4: right, okay. Um, Crash. So, oh no, Shan. Yeah, Shan no, I, mean, I was going to ask. So, did any of you buy the collector's special edition of Elite Odyssey? You know, to get the Pioneer skins and whatnot, or was it you? You just Accepted you just by the standard version if you if you did buy it letters well the collector's edition was the pre-order
1: wasn't it you you had two you had the you could either sign up for the alpha or you could buy the pre-order or then you which gave you the premier skins but if you bought it after release you didn't get the premier skins wasn't it
4: something like that yeah
1: yeah well I pre-ordered it for my um steam account but i didn't go for the alpha access for the steam account because i didn't need to because i I was going to get the alpha access with the with the lip i didn't i didn't see the point of actually buying the alpha access twice um the one thing i I do have to ask crash i mean you went to the Uh, same level i did which was the ddf uh did you find going to the ddf worth it because that's the one thing that I do regret doing. I think oh. I went one step too far.
3: It it was such a fantastic idea on paper. I I don't regret the opportunity to get involved and talk through those things. What I do regret is the fact is it was based on monetary contribution rather than your ability to contribute. <laughs> meaningful and good ideas. Because I think there was a there there was just a few people in there that just turned it into an absolute mess that it was. Uh and hence, you know, Frontier decided to pull the plug on it. It just wasn't working the way they intended because it just turned into a design by committee argument 90% of the time, which was such a shame. It was it, it was promised to be a very, very great idea of getting the community like really involved with the guts of designing it um but it's it's one of those things you can't teach a crowd of people to be able to build a game so it's very difficult for them or at least it was i remember when Sandro was doing stuff it was very difficult for him to get points across that although you think this is a good idea we've tried it internally and it doesn't work (laughs) there was there was a lot of those kind of discussions going back and forth and i think they eventually got to the point of yeah this just isn't working for us
2: for those of us who might not
3: know, what, what, what was the DDF? Oh, so the design decision uh, forum. So there was a tier on the Kickstarter you could back in to basically get into a private section of the forum and have direct chats with the uh, developers themselves sandra at the time was predominantly in there putting forth ideas and concepts and letting the the community kind of hash it out and, and then toss some ideas back and forth of what could and couldn't work um and you know there were some great things that come out of the idea I mean, like the whole idea of super cruise for example is one of the things that came out of it yeah. uh, and i think that was a, that was a great direction to push the game it definitely um you know brought the whole experience together in a, in a better light um but, yeah, I mean, for every great thing, there there was also bad things about it. The fact that, you know, it was just it a lot of things, as I said, turned into this kind of uh, vote. Uh, well, not so much of a vote thing, but like kind of like a, like a design by committee, lots and lots of ideas being tossed around. But none yeah. that were genuinely good gameplay concepts that would translate uh, you know, all these play in the sky fantastic ideas, I, I remember one in particular which was quite popular was the idea of being able to stow away inside a, a, a ship um, so there was all this discussion going back and forth about uh, reducing the time or increasing the amount of time it takes to load cargo onto a ship so that there was the opportunity for someone to climb on board and you know, the arguments are back and forth, Well, no, I just want to be able to dock trade and go uh, you know and, uh, do you know what I mean there was all these things which were like competing conflicting ideas that would either make gameplay worse for everyone or for one group of people in particular wanted to play the game a different way and um, and unfortunately it just kind of it petered out it fizzled out because it just wasn't um, it wasn't working
1: no um yeah I think the one issue I, uh, I had with the DVDf was that um after the game was released Members in the TDF were supposed to have certain abilities within the game, and that has never been oh. um, implemented.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think it was, was it godlike powers? I think it was, it was <laughs> originally, says, originally said something like that.
1: Yeah, I think it was something like, and you got the idea that we were the ones that would be able to set up um, uh, player factions, uh, or also there was. Uh, There was one bit where uh, Michael Brooks came into the DDF and asked uh, basically how the Thargoid encounters were going to progress after the Thargos had been discovered. But unfortunately, what happened there was that no one in the DDF kept their mouths shut. (laughs) (laughs) And before you knew it, um, half the ideas for that just... Uh, I think after that, Michael just gave up and went. No, I can't trust them with any any um, any secrets that we want to keep quiet. So that idea got dropped, which yeah. was a bit of a shame, to be honest.
2: History does have a tendency to repeat itself. With elite, it should really learn from its from those sort of mistakes. Yes, the
1: shame. So, but leaks of confidential information. Yeah, funny about that, isn't
2: it? I, w- I wonder.
1: I wonder what an NDA might be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not that we're bitter about that in one way.
5: Um, mm-hmm. <laughs>
7: moving
1: on. <laughs> um, right. Well, th- I mean that's been a a nice little distraction. Um, has anybody got any other questions on this? I mean, I've, I've noticed that in the chat room, someone said, "My goodness, Matrix Online." Well, you've you've dated yourself, Mister. You have no idea how old I am. <laughs> how long have we been playing these these MMOs and seen what's happened um, right uh, I think we'll just quickly cover um, what has been happening with uh, the background stories um, on the uh, 11th of August 3307 Aegis has been probed by a board of inquiry um, this is uh, the ongoing story that Aegis is uh, under investigation after losing so many, so many. Um, how shall I put it? Uh, guardian goodies. Um, also on the twelfth, victory against the Federation for the independent factions. So, last year's uh, last week's community goal. Um, the Federation got kicked yet again uh, out of um, a couple of systems. Um, just incidentally, everybody, what does everybody think about the? Um, the way it's going for the federation and do you do you feel that um they deserve it or is it a case of it's beginning to crumble
2: crumble no separate yes to form a new exciting superpower the fourth superpower in the galaxy if i'm wrong about this i'm going to be very disappointed um generate uh, uh, all of these like splint all of these splinter segments are going to be a new um splinter um superpower within the galaxy and then that's uh, those superpowers and the like the representatives of those superpowers are going to be people that we can pledge to to get superpower equivalents for on foot stuff like prismatics etc 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 all of those but for odyssey related stuff but obviously that all that's it's all dragging out at the moment because we're waiting for a console release <laughs>
1: Yeah, waiting on a, I mean, do you think they're 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 actually going to start dragging the story out until the consoles are yes. ready? Or oh, that's a definite yes. Yeah, hundred percent. No, no, debate.
2: I, I don't I, think. I think the the kickback from console member from console players would um would would not be would not be good. It that would that would be the straw that would break the camel's back for a lot of um a lot of console members, in my opinion.
1: Apparently the union between the beavers and the alpacas will create a new superpower.
2: That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's canon.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. On the subject of um, separations, of it has not been great. Um, Neither side has managed to even hit tier one. Um, Obviously the, the main Marlins faction is actually winning, you know, the, the, extremist faction i think they've only got 127 people actually run any contribution to to them um it's a hmm. this is going to be the first community goal that's failed in a while
2: i don't know necessarily that it will fail i think they will still say that one side has won by providing more bonds Mm. um but i mean on Tuesday, I think it was. Uh was it Tuesday last week? It might have been, it might have been Thursday, but we um we logged on and did a um did two on foot combat zones and I'm still in the top 50%.
1: (laughs) Right. Oh dear. Yes. So that's yeah, not not the best. I mean it is quite far away from the centre of the bubble. I mean, I do know where I am. It's gonna. It would take me ages to get there. But <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on the 13th of August, Onion Head legality has sparked a, a new debate, um, and that does seem to be uh, going over the new uh, drug that's come out from the Como crew. Um, on the 16th, uh, Monday the 16th, rival corporations complete. Uh, compete in LTT198. Now this is the um, the empire splitting yet again. This company that uh, one of the power leaders has, has um, split off. So this that could be a potential um, uh, community goal next week. Uh, And of course, bringing things round again to Aegis again, uh, there was another inquiry, or some of the inquiry results were were shown, and it showed that Aegis itself is basically useless. (laughs) Apart from coming up with anti-Thargoid weaponry at the beginning of the conflict, it's done nothing since. And... um, They've, been, they've blamed it on the head of research who has now resigned, and the fact that the admiral is constantly has to rely on um, independent pilots to actually do the fighting instead of um, any you know proper naval um, naval forces. Does, does this mean the end of Aegis? and if it does, does anybody care?
4: No and no. That's, that's quite nice and easy, Sean. I oh, know the, the reason that I don't think it's the end is because, as you said earlier, it seems as though the story's um, on you know progressing slowly until console release, and because we haven't got a date for console release, it kind of follows that they'll string it out until console release comes along. So that's why I don't think it's the end of Aegis. and. I think the Aegis storyline has kind of got to the point where I'm not sure anyone really is into it that much. I, I, might, I know I might be offending a great number of people now, but mm. I don't know, it's just kind of run its course and it almost feels like the last season of Game of Thrones where it's gone on too long.
1: Mm. I thought the, the problem with the last season of Game of Thrones was that something one of the characters did something that everyone went, that's not right, and it kind of spoiled everything from then on. But then again, like I haven't actually seen Game of Thrones yet, so I, I'm determined to have a Game of Thrones marathon to catch up at some point. Um Psykit. Um
2: I don't necessarily think that it's been um it's signalling the end of Aegis or um, anything like that. And I I do care because I really like I really like the law. Um but I think I I as I said before, I do think it's um I do think it's slowing down and it's slowing down obviously, very clearly for that reason. Um, and it has to. So some news articles that might've been a little, uh, might've been coming more quickly on like the slow news weeks. What did we only have? What? Three news articles last week, two news news articles last week, something like that. Um, that meant that we could maybe have seen like two or three in a day and it would have been ramping up to like a, uh, um, this this bigger thing um i think we'll get ages will go when we have like when we find out who salvation is
4: i think i'm just wondering yeah i was just thinking about what i said about news i mean it being yeah big thing is that Frontier need holidays. They need to have some time off. I don't know. Maybe they've all gone off to join David Brabant in his mantle in this Airbnb. I, I don't know, but I think this time of year they deserve to have a slowdown of news and stuff simply because if they don't, they'll burn out. So I haven't got a problem with news slowing down for a, a few weeks over the summer because I think they, they work really hard for it. Hmm. I mean they
2: the, um, don't write these on the same day that they well they might write some of them on the same day that they release them but this is a big arc that's been planned for um been planned for a really long time so I would have thought that some of these might be um might be scheduled beforehand to give them enough time to have a break
4: well they'll all go have a day off of the same day do they they'll maybe the writers had the week off or something you know anyway <laughs>
1: Can I just point out in the chat room, Stephen Usher? I am not turning into Ben. I, I just thought that was a natural way to find out if someone had blue hair. Um, uh, moving on from that, I mean, to tell you the truth, I'm actually still enjoying the the background stories. It's just I think I'm I'm finding it more difficult finding time to get involved with it. Um, yeah, because I've, I've got three accounts on the go now, and I find I'm beginning to spread myself. Um, yeah, that's what I meant, eyebrows. I don't, I don't know what where, where you lot went. Jeez. Um, in other news, uh, Operation IDA, they're working on Tillman Point at the Hayes sector, RP-P, uh, B6-6 um that station is still under repair and uh, hopefully they'll have that out of the way at some point this week um i mean going back to the the whole uh, thing about aegis the problem with aegis is that the bad guys the thargoids they've backed off a lot and there isn't doesn't seem to be the threat where the thargoids are moving in on on the home systems anymore
4: do you think people caught on by won't ever go to the home systems for reasons. Do so, you know, think they're just, just kind of cotton bond Think well, they're not ever going to do that. So, well, you think that the, the Thargoi, the,
1: the Frontier, are not going to um, send the Thargoi's in to to try and burn the bubble?
4: No, because the bubble has been so carefully crafted. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they would get rid of all that hard work for the sake of it oh no and, okay. and and also if you think about it the fire boys can go anywhere they like they're not they haven't got to follow like a road in they can just jump into a system and trash it and do hit and run wherever they like so it's not a technological reason why they don't do that i think they're being held back for story reasons
1: mm, yeah um well, on the subject of the Thargoids, the Anti Xeno Initiative have started multi multigoid week. Now that's uh that started on Monday the sixteenth of August and lasts a whole two weeks. Um until the 29th of August. Killing Thargoids one by one is boring and inefficient, so we challenge you to kill as many Thargoids at once as you can, with bonus prizes coming for for your efforts. Uh, So um, for those of you who are interested in that, we will put a link in the show notes for the Anti-Xeno Initiative. Uh, And uh, yeah, sometimes I just enjoy watching those guys fight because I must admit, I I still haven't managed to solo um, a... A basilisk yet, which I think everybody is is quite. I, f- I feel quite inadequate.
2: <laughs> I haven't.
1: Oh, good. I'm not the only one then.
2: I've killed a cyclops, not a basil- basilisk. The cyclops is the one that is the easy one.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, cy- the cyclops have managed to to deal with, just. Uh, but um, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Uh, I think we will move on to the
0: store alert. Store alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come
2: paint jobs for you.
1: And welcome back. And um, the the main ship uh, store alert this week is the Python Speedway skin. Uh, personally, I think this looks a lot better than the one that we had last week. Um, can I just say that apparently I seem to have offended the Adder's Owner Club over on Twitter, and specifically the Hutton Orbital Truckers, Um they, they've, they've decided to have a go at me because apparently I can't stand the Adder. So to all of you, um, hashtag sorry, not sorry. Um, you people have no taste. Uh, and I'd, and like, so if it's okay with you, I'd like to officially change my worst ship in the game that we use on Test. I'd like that to be
4: changed to the Adder instead of the Asp.
2: That's so. absolutely fine. I'm really enjoying these turf wars that you're starting, Colin. It's great.
4: Yes. Carly, I think you should. I uh, think you should have a penance of using an Adder to kill a Cyclops, just to demonstrate it can be done in an Adder, and that will placate why, why Adder fans. Th- why should I do that in a ship that I absolutely despise? Because there are people here who feel very passionately that the Adder is the best ship in the game, and so clearly, in order not to alienate parts of our audience a key part of our audience you should prove it is actually useful and kill a cyclops with one you know what no i i completely refuse i in fact i actually refuse to use
1: apex taxis because they fly around in adders every single time ta- i mean beside the point that i think the apex taxis a mistake anyway and um, the very fact that they use adders is, is probably the worst yeah just just hashtag the worst for some reason, I'm using hashtags because it makes me feel feel young and trendy, even though I'm not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, I think we should actually flip that on its head, Shan. We should challenge the community to go and capture on video an, an adder doing something as useful as destroying a goid. And then if they manage to do that, Colin has to buy one in a spec one.
4: I love the idea, brilliant idea, no. Crash. Brilliant. No. Yes, 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 No, because the Antisignal initiative <laughs> have already done
1: that. They've managed to kill a guide in every single ship there is, including, <laughs>
4: including the A word. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it, I know, Crash. I think that it's the best idea I've heard all day. So yes, so submit your screenshot of you killing a Cyclops with an Adder and Colin. No 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 no, will, no 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 it's not gonna we'll be a it. cyclops, it's gotta be a Medusa.
1: I'll I will get an adder. I will get an adder if someone manages to down a Medusa if with with a uh with an adder.
4: And an E-rated so, adder. <laughs> so remember it was we're using adder, so you can have ten pilots in an adder versus a Medusa. <laughs> you know, an adder, singular. Well, only you can only fly an adder per player, one per player. So, oh, I, th- I think you're you're moving the goalposts now.
1: I think I think we'll have to move that.
3: So sweeten the deal. I will buy you that paint job from last week to go on it.
4: <laughs> oh no, <laughs> just no. Yes, even better.
1: Right. Um. There's a command on his channel: the bladder adder. What? No. (laughs) Ah, Right, moving on from there, um, they have also included some new suits, which are called the Motherlode style suits. Um, I I don't know about anybody here, these look like suits with weirder hats. Uh, And finally, there's also the TK Eclipse scatter weapon effect, which is basically your um, TK submachine laser gun that that can have a a weird um sort of paint job um right okay we're going to go for some adverts and then we'll probably come back with some more discussion about elite dangerous
0: do you suffer from problems with incontinence If you do, then our pee pads are for you! Yes, Commander, your very own pee pad while you're out there exploring in the universe. Then you can go whenever you feel the need. No need for a toilet pesking back there and then having to wonder how do they deal with the poop. No, you just go in the pad and discard it at your local station. Let them worry about the physics of disposing of sewage in space. That's not your problem, Commander. (sighs) Ah... Cave Radio, our sister's station, we say sister, it's more like a second cousin that turns up at family events, eats all the chocolate biscuits, then finishes off everyone's drinks before trying to importune your aunt at the end of the evening. Anyway, it has a problem with speed, specifically adders. Those radio pundits have been complaining about the latest offerings from the Pilots' Federation, viz paint jobs for adders. They have an issue with them being declared as speedway paint jobs, implying that these stripes will make you go faster, as they maintain that orange ships go faster. However, the rest of us know that the orange ships just go round and round and round like Sidewinders. We don't know exactly what Phoenix Defyre means when he says putting racing stripes on an adder is like putting lipstick on a pig as what he does when visiting the petting zoo is his own concern. <clears throat> well, well, his and the animal welfare groups, obviously but we think some pigs are lovely, especially when placed carefully between two slices of bread and served with ketchup. Ketchup? Who wrote this? HP, I'll have you know, is the official condiment for bacon and I'll hear no more of it. I expect I probably will. Hmm. Ketchup could look a bit like lipstick, I suppose. Maybe that's it. But then again, he puts his rabbit in a tutu.
5: Natural remedies have always been some of the galaxy's finest, so when we discovered a wholly natural way of slimming down and reducing your appetite, we had to share it with everyone. Harnessing the amazing powers of our native parasitic life, we've solved an age-old problem. Vegas Slimweed has been used by settlers of the region for decades with undeniable results and significant health benefits. If you think that Vegas Slimweed could be the solution you're looking for, speak to your doctor today. Traveling with Vegas, Vegas Slimweed Investing May constitute smuggling. Please check before your journey and declare yourself the customs for an internal search. Failure to digest does not constitute grounds for reimbursement. Side effects may include but are not limited to increased blood pressure and heart rate, insomnia, nervousness, blurred vision, restlessness or headache. Some forms of parasite may cause stomach side effects like constipation, dry mouth, nausea or vomiting. A small sample of patients exhibit full body paralysis, atonic state and internal hemorrhaging. Parasite must be purged before pupation, else death will occur.
1: And welcome back. Well, I, I mean, I told you I'd been slated off by the Hutton truckers and there you go. Um, oh, I don't put rabbits in tutus. Where the hell they got that idea from? <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, for those of you who are wondering about the 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 psycho xenomorph bunny, he's absolutely fine, and he's 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 having a nice munch in his house on uh, in his hutch on some fresh
4: lettuce. Is the reason why you don't put the tutu? Is the Xenobody body would like melt the tutu, so it needs to be like an acid resistant tutu.
1: You know, he had one bladder infection, which made him, which which made him burn his his, his fur off. That that was it, Shan. It's not his blood. Oh dear.
0: Anyway.
1: <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've been we've been talking a lot about Bethesda and uh, and that kind of thing. Um, we're going to kind of speculate a little bit on on what they think, what they think Bethesda would have done with Elite.
4: Um, and Sean, you've suggested this one, so you can start it off. Well, I'm assuming they would keep the Elite law, so I don't. I'm assuming Bethesda wouldn't like lose the Cobra Mark III or Anything like that so it would be within the confines of elite law, I think for a start. I think you'd have a lot more NPCs um, and I think you'd be have walking around um, a lot earlier than we got it, uh, I think, and the spaceship side would have probably have fallen back a bit um, I also think you'd be able to put um, space helmets over the NPC's heads and steal the entire shop. Like you can in some Thursday games
1: and of course um all the other guards and the and around the uh, uh, around the settlements would tell you that they would like to be a pilot but unfortunately have taken a laser shot to the knee um, Exactly. <laughs> crash
3: oh dear I sorry I need to take a deep breath after that one Colin <laughs> um <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I I would expect them. This is I don't know whether this is just wishful thinking and in uh, hope, perhaps. But I would have expected them to take it in a more single player narrative sort of path, which is something I've always kind of hoped for with a, with Lee Dangerous. But obviously, with multiplayer being the focus, it wasn't possible to to do those kind of things and that, that's something i sorely miss from some of the earlier games with the the story focused missions like the supernova missions and stuff like that i think it would have been really great to have the game change and adapt based on your decisions as you go through you know you, you, there might be uh, a, a situation where you can decide whether or not to save a settlement from its reactor going nuclear and and blowing the entire thing up and you know there could be some really interesting things that could happen and all of those decisions would would play out uh, and and change the world around you and i think that's something which I, I i would have loved to have seen elite dangerous i understand the technical limitations of why we can't have that happening but it would be really great to see a world change based on your uh, your your actions
4: so wouldn't be like elder scrolls online in space
3: I guess I'll, a tacit admission that I've not really played ESO. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I don't have any experience with Elder Scrolls Online. Um, so, like it.
2: Um, I think that it would be a uh, elite would be a single player game, and then a an online game would come later. So it would be it would change it from being what we know and turn it into um it's something with a lot of npcs and um everything everything that you've said already but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the um the 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 story based um it would be more of a story based game than a um than the online game and the online would come after and i reckon online would probably be pretty similar to what it what it is now given when Fallout seventy six came out um, that had limited or no NPCs. Is that right?
1: None whatsoever.
2: Okay, so um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it would, if it would work its way around to being being pretty similar, maybe I with mean, less ships.
4: Sean, <laughs> I would. Yeah, I was going to say about multiplayer things, I think you're probably right. Actually, I think because the strengths are uh, storytelling. And single-player experience and creating a a world a world building basically and I think yeah I think you're probably right actually the the multiplayer stuff would probably come later um, yeah well I'm, I'm I'm afraid to say I I don't know
1: whether or not I'm overstepping the mark here but what you guys have all just described to me is effectively No Man's Sky.
6: <laughs>
2: yeah I agree with you. I
1: agree with you entirely <laughs> uh the the only it, it's a kind of like a cross between no man's sky and and um mass effect really uh and uh, all I can say is that the they're, they're going if whatever starlight's going to be, it's going to need to have something different um i mean I mean no man's sky for me. Like I keep on saying, I absolutely love the on planet stuff. It's just the space stuff I find really, really destroys it for me. Um, And and I do wonder whether or not it will be the same kind of thing. You know, they really concentrate on going around all the planets and things like that, but the actual flight model will be, you know, either straight point A to point B. Like you know, the horse and cart is in in Skyrim, or whether or not it it'll
4: just be something incredibly basic. Chan, yes, on the flight model or on realism, has Bethesda ever done okay, a almost realistic physics or combat model? Because I'm trying to struggle to think of the games I've played, whether I thought, oh wow, this is realistic, or has it all been Gamified, and
1: I think it's mostly been gamified. I think. Well, it? I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about um, trying to have fun. I mean, the combat in Elite Dangerous I find fun, and it's the right balance between simulate the simulation and you know the good old World War Two dogfighting that everybody has loved since Wing Commander and X Wing. But um, if that if it was realistic, I we'd probably be looking at something more along the line of the expanse, not not, um, and independence war rather than real what we've got here. And to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm not quite so sure whether or not that would work. Crash.
3: Yeah, I think the challenge that you're touching on there is is the problem that Elite's got now is when you're in flight, travelling from point to point if there's not something for you to interact with and do it, it becomes a, a kind of tedious experience and and this is something which is on the top 20 uh, you know hit list from last week that we were discussing um and, and it's a real challenge i mean how do you make a game which has these tight very uh, you know, rapid experiences for it, at each end point, but then a long, distant journey in between. How do you kind of bring those two disparate gameplay styles together into a cohesive whole? And it's something that Elite has struggled with from day one. And I yeah. don't know how you honestly make a game which which will do that.
1: Well, I mean, that
4: is the main challenge, isn't it? I mean, Sean? Well, thinking about Bethesda games, I'm... I'm trying kind to of spread my mind back to give us the games of plane. I think all ones I can think of have had a degree of fast travel. So you click on a map and you should go straight there. So do you think this Bethesda version of relief would have micro jumps within systems?
2: Like hollow bays. Mm-hmm. Like some kind of like um transporter bay they'd steal from Star Trek a hundred percent
1: yeah, I, I, I think that's the main difference. They get rid of com- They completely get rid of super cruise. I mean, yeah, you 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 could do a super cruise if you want it, but they they would have this kind of fast travel thing which in my opinion I, I mean, I I'm quite happy with Elite's super cruise as it is at the moment, although I do wish for some of the bigger systems that you could jump to a specific star in, instead of uh, just always going to the main star but yeah and I think fast travel might spoil the scale of the elite galaxy Chat.
4: Um, well I was thinking what other traits the games t- tend to have and all the Elder Scrolls series and I believe even all the Fallout ones have all had vampires in them some so, vampires. so would you get space vampires what, it's you, Really?
1: <laughs> what, it just basically you will lock another ship onto another one and just drain the power
4: out of it no vampire vampires you know like <laughs> my is little begin yeah <laughs> I want to
1: siphon your fuel <laughs> He says in a really bad half Transylvania, uh, half German
4: accent. Like I said, says I thought Zumina Torval is a space vampire. Well, she's certainly old enough to be, to be honest. Um, psych so it, but fast travel.
2: Yeah, I don't want fast travel. I don't I, I don't mind the idea of being able to pick and choose which star you jump into, like which of the stars within the system. That's a really good idea. I would very much like that for yes, those three hundred thousand light year journeys. That would be really I've been really watching
1: it. I've been wanting that in the game since launch, but let's God, not talk not, about oh,
2: that. Please, come and have that, please. But um, I don't, I don't want something else to do. It's, it's. Uh, what, what do they always say? Elite Dangerous is at its heart still a simulation, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think I don't want to. I don't want to do the, do the whole fast travel, uh, travel thing. I, I disagree. I really do disagree with that being on the tracker i don't i don't think it has a place to be on the tracker there but i don't know
1: i see i'm now getting requests can Collins german speak to Collins yoda from last week please
4: we'll see this <laughs> <laughs> is a bit scary so do you think the possessor really would be able to do the simulation privately well enough or i no. think that's no. part of their experience and um i'd like to
1: you know what i'd like them to try something a little bit different make sure um maybe go a little bit more harder science fiction does that sound weirder it's like it
2: so no yes they will probably be able to get Um, planetary simulation right i think that it's well within the scope of getting planetary simulation right and that kind of thing and space right for simulation but i don't think that bethesda looking at previous games will not have the balls to put fast travel and not put fast travel in there i don't think i think that's something that they definitely will do about simulation i've I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything about this game, but um I played and finished Outer Wilds um this week, last oh week. Right. Played and finished Outer Wilds, and then I was recommended um to watch this uh it is an excellent game. If you haven't played it, you must play it. It's fantastic. Um but if you uh I, I would then recommend to watch a documentary about it, and every single it, it's, based in, it's based around this solar system and every single planet in that solar system is constantly doing it, doing its own simulation. Um, and the documenta- the documentary was fantastic, but it was this really really small team working on simulation, spaceflight simulation and um, planetary simulation um, planetary simulation, all of that sort of stuff. Um is bread and butter and should be something that they should should be able to get working relatively easily. So that essence of the simulation will be, I'm sure would be fine, but there are other aspects like like fast travel, like making something it would, in my opinion, it would definitely be a single player game and you would progress through the ships by unlocking them um, within the story. Mm -hmm. rather than just paying for a better ship when you can afford one. I think it would lose a lot of what I like to refer to as Elite's charm.
4: (laughs) Um, Shan? Well, the the other aspect, if the Cesar did Elite, is we would get Ed Lewis back.
1: (laughs) Um, That's if he's still... Got an online presence because he's, I'm afraid to say, dear old, I can't call him dear old Ed because I'm a lot older than him, but um, Ed has, has disappeared off the internet, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but it would, I must admit, um, it would be nice to have Ed back. But uh, yeah, it's one way. I do like this. Um, people saying, well, how about £5 for a golden ship armour? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah but the thing about golden ship armor would be that you actually did pay for armor that is microtransactions isn't
4: it i didn't think horse armor in um in the set games was actually armor it was more of a cosmetic wasn't it
3: it was I i
1: thought it was you genuinely got armor i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i was under the impression you actually got a an armored horse
3: was a long, long time ago in a different yeah. galaxy.
1: <laughs> it was. I mean, was that was that the beginning of microtransactions? I think, I it, was.
4: think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause cause... That was, no, that was before the online monocle, wasn't it? It was, and everyone lost their
1: mind. Five pound, five pound, and it did quite well. So a lot, it, it seemed everybody thought, yay.
2: The We've
1: first mi- a new revenue stream.
2: The first microtransaction sold by a major publisher was in 2006 when Bethesda sold Horse Armor. It was the very first, made as an experiment to test the market's reaction to DLC, and everyone went, "Nah, we're not going to have it." And they went, "Sure, we'll do more." And everyone else got behind it. I
4: know. Well, sorry. Five quid back then is like a hundred pounds now, wasn't it? So,
2: you know. <laughs> Five quid in two thousand and six is a hundred pound now. That is quite the inflation you have going on over there.
1: No, but I, you know, actually thinking about it, it probably would be about ten quid now. Oh yeah, easy. So, can you imagine buying ten quid's worth of arcs and just getting one skin for your ship?
2: Like now?
4: I oh. don't. I, is there a ten quid skin? I don't think there is.
2: I'm having a look.
4: There was a ten quid skin, or several, because the Cobra Mark III wireframe skin was ten quid back when the game launched. Oh God, there was, wasn't it? Because it was a limited edition. Um, do you think? Do you think the graphics would have better fidelity, certainly on foot and the planetary ones, if the Caesar did it?
1: Mm, I
4: don't know about that, to be honest,
1: because the um it. it The thing about uh, Skyrim specifically, in my opinion, is that you wouldn't just get one game. You would get one version, which would be the standard version. Then you get the high definition version. And then you'd have to pay again for the VR version, wouldn't you? Because that's what they've had to do. You want to play Skyrim VR, you've got to buy a brand new version. Um, crash.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think you you, you touched on that. It, it, it's the trouble with Skyrim is it's difficult to remember it from how it was released in 2011. It's it's it, people remember the last time they saw it, and that usually that's a heavily modded version with a lot of really really <laughs> updated textures and, and and geometry and all that kind of stuff. So it, it people remember it looking that good, but when it came out, it was already looking, you know, <laughs> relatively at the, the the extent of what the engine could push.
1: Yeah. I mean, I also remember a lot of the UI people modded to make it look, make it sensible as well, so yeah. But that's one thing that they might do. They might make it completely moddable, so that a lot of people will be um, a lot happier with their HUD colors.
4: <laughs> Shan? Well, the other thing that they did with uh, with skyrim is a deconsole it if that's a word for the pc because if you remember the interface in original skyrim was very console like wasn't it mhm so they did change it to deconsole it um, but also, you're right, because when Skyrim was first launched, as you say, it looked good in most places, but then people came along and added their own 4K textures and all sorts of stuff that to really improve the look of it. And I don't know whether they'd allow modding in Bethesda Elite. You couldn't make it multiplayer mm. afterwards, for sure. they yeah. probably
2: release our release a whole new like elite dangerous online which wouldn't be moddable so it would be separate from like the elite dangerous game in the same way that they've got other things that do the same thing is that does that make sense
1: yeah i I know what you mean um i mean originally but that's what a lot of people were planning to do with offline mode and elite they were planning on just um sod the online game they wanted the offline Game and they were going to uh, try and mod it just like uh, the old Oolite system. I remember there was a lot of chat about that on the on the forums, and I think I suspect that's one of the reasons why we never got an offline mode. But uh. let's not open that can of worms. <laughs> Crash.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, regarding mods, I mean, uh, Chad's saying in in the chat there is like, what about uh, Minecraft multiplayer? And I'm assuming that's what they're talking about. And I think the difference with that is minecraft when they put it when notch put it together at least he was very careful to make sure that this both server and the client were available for people to run and i think a lot of multiplayer games now are are, you know pushed into cloud infrastructure you can't ever own that server and that's the big challenge with these games which is why mods are never allowed on them because you don't have access to that server architecture
4: the only way you could get uh mods working with an online game is if you didn't share the universe with every other player so you can you can take the arc model because arc has its own discrete local server doesn't it and you only have a certain number of people play on that version of arc with those mods and if you like that universe of arc but if you then want to go to someone else's server then you don't necessarily take all your stuff with you and it's not shared so i think that's the only way you could get it to work. Yeah, the only time I've
1: ever seen something like that work has been in Neverwinter Nights, and also in um, actually Freelancer. And the reason it worked in Freelancer is because Microsoft just gave up on it, and uh, they gave they gave out the uh, the server code, and what the community did with the Freelancer Freelancer code has been absolutely amazing. It's just it's like No Man's Sky. I cannot stand the flight engine. Otherwise I'd probably still be um, still be playing on that one. Um
4: Shan, one final question. Well, I was going to, well it probably will take a little bit longer to on um, to uh, think about this one. Is when Elite comes to its end, you know, its end of life as all games must, do you think Frontier should turn source code over to public domain or even sell it to someone like Bethesda to say, here's, here's the elite source code, here's the game, make something of it. Do you think that's something that they should do or would do? Well, what
1: they have done is because of part of um, uh, the whole stink over offline gate, there is a promise there, or I don't know whether or not it will be honoured, that the server code will be released um when the game reaches end of life so that the community can run their own servers without uh, having to to, um, go online. Now, whether or not that will be honoured when Elite Dangerous is sunset, I don't know. I hope it will because the one thing that I always hate about MMOs is when they're sunset, that's it. You've lost your game. Um, Chan.
4: Well, the interesting thing around that scenario is you would have to develop tools that would enable the average player to be able to add content to it. And as I understand it, this is from my tour of Frontier many years ago now, it's very, very difficult to add content. To elite dangerous, without breaking whole source things you never dreamed of it actually breaking. So sure, you could release the source code and you could get elite to work, but you'd then need to have tools on top of it to be able to mod it. Well, that's completely
1: true, but then again, we've you didn't have to a lot of the. Um, just going back to the freelancer example, they didn't have a lot of tools for freelancer. So they just had the same kind of thing where you had a server, you'd be able to stand up by itself. They, the freelancer community ended up doing a heck of a lot of um, reverse engineering just to be able to do it. And you'd probably have to do the same with Elite. They're not going to give away their um, uh, their source code for uh, for the client because that's that's... Their engine, yeah. And so I, I imagine that if we do get the server, we'll have basically an executable that our our client can talk to, and that will be it. And it will be up to the community who have um, in the past been quite amazingly technical, um, yeah, and and come up with their own modifications. Um, fresh. I i had nothing to
3: add sorry <laughs> oh right okay
4: then back. Uh, okay well, I, okay, I, well the, the model we are talking about sounds similar to uh a, another game um i, I toyed with a while ago was um what's it called uh, the conan survival game whatever it's called and, and what they have is they they have the client and everyone runs their own server but the way it's worked out mod wise is the server code is is proprietary as is the um as is the module basically you can create completely different worlds and lands and everything in the in the tool set so you could conceivably have that server architecture from elite and the client and if you had the relevant tools you could if you like create your own universe using this, a stellar forge code. To generate mm. your own map like well, you can in Minecraft, I guess, where you put a seed in and it generates creeper world or something. So, but- I mean, the only the only other game that I've
1: seen with the, the tools that are that good are basically being Neverwinter Nights, and that was because it was written effectively for people to create their own Dungeons and Dragons modules. I mean, I, I some of those modules are absolutely fantastic but um there there was limits to to what you were able to do so um
4: okay quickly sean last point sorry i've got me interested now um so basically if you could run stellar forge and instead of created all 400 billion stars you created your own bubble that you could run on a separate server so it's manageable right because the elite dangerous universe Generates terabytes and terabytes of data accordingly. So there's no way you could run a server of that size on, you know, on a spare PC. If you limited the size of the galaxy to your own bubble, I think potentially you could do it. Hmm. Well, they'll never give the code
1: for the stellar forge away. Um, Crash
3: doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. no. The stellar the stellar forge just uh, it it's part of the client where it will recreate the stuff. It's, it's deterministic. Um, so there isn't terabytes of data that exists somewhere. Um, it's generated on the fly as you need it. Your client is creating it. The only thing that the servers are actually storing and maintaining is the exploration flags, which gets overlaid over the top of the, uh, the data which is created by your client, kind of updating it with tags to say who's discovered it and things like that. So in effect, you could run this entire galaxy on your local machine just by running a server.exe in the background which would um effectively serve you up zero data about exploration because you don't have that
4: yeah i I guess where i'm coming where i was thinking was you could somehow import the current universe into a a new server so let's say that you discovered crash you could see your discoveries you can see what i did so basically you replicate the Elite Dangerous universe and run it on the server. Right.
3: Yeah. Good. Good luck copying that data. <laughs>
4: exactly. Yeah. Or uh, effectively, what they could do
1: is they could reveal Raxla right at when the game is sunset, and as soon as you go through the Stargate at Raxla, that's it. You have a brand new galaxy that's just yours. Oh, the No Man's <laughs> Sky scenario. Back. But you can't go back. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to wrap that little discussion up here and quickly go on to our uh, uh, our mostly clueless um, section. Um, someone's re- removed all the, the Yoda stuff I was going to do. What a shame. But um, Nerf or Nut has. Um, put, I got it, oh, don't worry. Someone's put it back in. Thanks. Jesus. <laughs> Nerf or I said before engaging in a dogfight, uh, go to subsystems, target the uh, your opponent's engines or power plant, and run half lasers and half catling and guns and maybe some rockets. You'll find that you will be able to take uh, the a NPC down a lot faster that way. Apparently, so that's Nerf or nuts. Um, mostly clueless tip for the week. Um, right. Sly smuts bits. Smutty bits. Smutty butts? I don't understand been mucking what's going on. Ab- someone been mucking about with the titles on this. <laughs> right. Um, so we had from I- I- Ed Levis last week sent in these nonsensical haikus to which everybody wants me to, to do in a Yoda kind of accent, which just yes why but okay let's let's try keeping psychic happy bunny go Why it is
4: there you go there's one <laughs> why does it sound like your yoda has tight trousers on colin <laughs>
1: that's because i'm probably we're sitting wrong um raining cats and dogs no i can't even do this now so i think we'll have to move on to um this this stuff that you've got.
2: I've got st- no stuff. What? Nobody sent me any, any alpaca X Shan <laughs> fiction. It's all right. We've got another week. I know you're all working on it really hard. <laughs> so uh, I'll wait another week. I thought I'm not outriding myself. She's, been really, she's been really it. busy helping me run my race.
4: Hi, <laughs> uh, like, Kia. Yeah. Have you got access to Gownet uh, News? No. The text. I just wonder if you if you could read the Galnet news as if it was psychic smart.
2: No. An no. <laughs> I do that enough on stream. No, it's not happening. <laughs> so I do have that one piece that I'm saving for when Ben and Shan are both here. Um I do I do have that piece, but um I will I will quite gladly welcome Shan Alpaca. Um wow yeah
1: okay well um <laughs> this is this is it, it's, it's it's a hairy topic i think we'll just move on um to the community news that we've got happening at the moment right now psychic is your has your race finished yet or has it still no, got it's a few until days sunday. still got until sunday yes and um yes how you managed to beat me i know that not bitter about it at all um how's it how's actually going have we we got a good response to it
2: we've had a good really good response to it actually it's been um there's been a, a lot of races um let me uh earlier i looked at it and we had like 50 submissions which is um which is nice and isn't at all extra work where we have to go through um checking all of them but no, it's been it's been really fun. It's been really fun to do, and we'll definitely do another one at some point.
1: Yeah, I now see that I am at fourteenth place. You are, yeah, uh, bottom of the PC pile.
2: <laughs> yep,
1: <laughs> and only only the PS4 people have managed it worse than me. Oh my god, That's so humiliating. Mind you, if anybody had, had seen the uh, my my Twitch stream where I attempted this. This was after my third attempt. Um my first attempt I hit a white dwarf which basically roasted me and I lost my 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 Lave Brandy because it <laughs> took out my cargo hatch. The second attempt I started leaving Lave and then forgot that I needed to get pick up Lave Brandy and was too I think at least one Um, system down the line so that's the second attempt lost and the third attempt well I got the slowest time
6: (sighs) it's just
2: on on my first hauler attempt I did something not dissimilar and got um, all the way to um, glass landing and somebody in my chat said to me "Um, you've been overheating quite a bit you might want to check just check your cargo hatch. Make sure you still got, or check your cargo. And make sure you still got everything. And it was gone. And I had nothing. And I was like, nope. I completely rage quit. I like quit out of the bit entirely. It wasn't happening.
1: I see. I see that someone has 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 done some shipping. Shellpacker.
2: Shellpacker is my new favourite thing.
1: It's a ship name, and it's a ship. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yes. We will repo of Enge on this one. Um right. Um what else has been happening? Let's see. The SWS Hygie Summer Slam Down. Um now this is something that Sally and uh, Zach were doing today. Uh, has anybody got any further details on 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 this? Is it just sort of Sidewinders throwing themselves at the ground and hoping that they miss.
2: I don't think it's restricted to sidewinders.
1: Yeah, but sidewinders are funnier.
2: True. And cheaper, cheaper indeed.
1: <laughs> Although um, I, I do have to point out that um, <laughs> watching um, someone in an Imperial Clipper forgetting that they're landing on a on a three G world. <laughs> It's still one of the funniest things I've seen. Gardenfreude uh, are right there.
4: What if they use adders, Colin? Pardon? What if they use adders instead of wonders?
1: Well, if it, they'll get destroyed, so I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's starting at Allegrab and the arrival system is is uh, chi Hydre, and there's 31 waypoints so um yes they're they're going for this long range high gravity body landing tour which is compatible with both horizons and odyssey daily destinations and challenges which you will find yourself competing for 200 dollars worth of steam xbox and ps rewards using their gravity bingo card system um, jump aboard the SWS slash slash Clown Hospital Ship, uh, or any other authorized carriers, and you'll be able to join them with their 33 points of interest. And um, yes, so um, their itinerary has been published on EDSM. We'll put the link on the uh, in the show notes. So if anybody wants to. Um, basically, do an impersonation of the wheel from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, feel free.
2: <laughs> Hello, ground. I wonder if
1: it, this is a nice, round, friendly sounding thing. I wonder if it's going to be friends with me. Splat. Um, oh, of course, the uh, my calling for Colonia thing does continue. Um, I am going to be away for the next week or so, so that's going to kind of be on hold uh, until I get back. Uh, But we also have the Squadron Recruitment Centre, which helps you find or promote a squadron. Um, You can promote your squadron in their special channel or find one, which matches your playing habits, and uh, we'll put a link to their Discord in the show notes. Now... um, has anybody got any other business that they'd like to quickly uh, bring up? No? Okay. Um, unfortunately, up to this point, Alex Turner said that he was going to give the explanation for his big shit balls. Um, but um, so far, he's, caught, he's kept very, very quiet about that. So we will get to the... Um, explanation about how you managed to get Guardian Balls into the in in into the concourse uh, at another point. So, um, I am going to give our usual shout-outs from now on. Right. Um, of course, our sister station has an orbital radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at TV, uh, Twitch TV uh Hutton Orbital Truckers or if you want the audio just go to radio.forthemug.com. Um even though there are a bunch of adder lovers over there, I still like them. Uh for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. You know why I like CQC? No adders um we're also giving shout outs to the following elite dangerous podcasts which have appeared over the last year or so Uh, there's alagrab am black sky legion the canon podcast spanish speakers out there there's elite cast there's the father the fatherhood podcast flight assist guard frequency loose screws squeaking fuel and system chat uh for those who want a literary discussion um about sci-fi and fantasy books please subscribe to the Data Slate podcast created by Alan Stroud uh, and following this we have the Galnet News Digest that's provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejuice. and we'll like to thank everybody who's chipped into the Twitch chat and any in-game commanders which are run around by Chris um, and of course special thanks to Commander Tokuso who has created uh, music for the introduction of the show now, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at hit us up at facebook.com slash radio, tweet us at Lave radio, or you can go to our Discord server by going to discord.io slash I hate adders, I mean, sorry, uh, Lave Radio, and you can have a TeamSpeak, we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come out to Hang out and chat where you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if you have anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Um, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Shan, thanks to Crash, uh, and thanks to Scikit. And special thanks, of course, goes to Commander Ventura for being today's tech specialist. Until next time, Commanders, fly safe, which means you don't fly in an adder, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
6: Is your life
5: like this? <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, damn it! No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back.
6: News Digest, 17th of August 3307. We read the news so you don't have to.
7: In this week's news, faction suspended after Torval Mostopolis mistake. The Anti-Club Club. Galactic News Roundup.
6: The Pilots' Federation has announced that it has suspended the approvals process for aspiring new factions after a mistake was made on Friday. Zamina Torval's new corporation, a breakaway from the Mastopolis Mining Corporation, was granted faction status without proper scrutiny, and installed with its home system of LTT-198. Its aims were not properly scrutinised, and its name is very close to that of Mastopolis Mining. It was also installed into a system that is permit-locked, and that already had six active factions, leaving a system with seven factions. Commander Dav Stott is reported to be patrolling Frontier Towers with a meat cleaver, and Commander Paul Crowther is in hiding. There are rumours, though the faction known as Clan of LTT-198 is about to meet a nasty fate at the hands of the powers that be in the Violets Federation to reduce the number of factions to an acceptable six.
7: In related news, there's concern over how the close proximity of two rival corporations in the same system will play out. It seems almost inevitable that there will be some sort of clash or competition, perhaps to gain sensitive trade secrets, perhaps to build a bigger and better headquarters than the other organisation, or perhaps to fight it out to the death, because this system ain't big enough for the two of them. Commanders are advised to be on the alert for upcoming money-making opportunities in the private locked LTT-198 system, with a permit to the system as a possible additional benefit. Neither Torval Nostopoulos Mining nor Rican Construction have yet been willing to comment on these rumours.
6: It's been more than four years since Senator Lady Kahina Loren was murdered, allegedly on the orders of a secret society made up of some of the most influential people in the galaxy, the so-called Club, that also, allegedly, attempt to conceal the truth about the return of the Thargoids from the common folk in order to fulfil its utilitarian approach to ensuring humanity's survival at the expense of many millions of lives. Some extremely prominent people are alleged to be in this club. Galnet Digest is unable to name these people for fear of reprisals, but one of them is alleged to be the head of a seriously large independent corporation. Others were at the very top of government in the Empire, Alliance and Federation. Even the Pilots' Federation is alleged to have been infiltrated, with Dom Corner, considered to be a right dodgy character and almost certainly an agent. The resistance to the club started with the children of Raxler, while the last years of Loren's life were being lived out. Galnet Digest has learned that the opposition lives on in the form of an anti-club accord, a small but dedicated band of fighters who take the time to interpret galactic events, work out how these events are being manipulated by the shadowy club cabal, and then use their influence and resources to resist the seemingly unconnected happenings that have been furthering the cause of this mysterious organisation of the great and not-so-good it remains to be seen whether the Anti-Club Accord can divert the seemingly unstoppable flow of galactic political and military events that have allegedly been the doing of the Club. And what the consequences of their actions may be, the resistance of independent pilots may prove crucial to the future of the galaxy.
7: In other news this week, the Marlinism Reformation Party seems likely to be reprieved from justice, as the Marlinist colonies fail to muster enough support to get Aaron White arrested. There has been a leak of an early draft of the Bauman Report into Aegis. It suggests that Aegis is ineffective, relying on third parties to do all the fighting, and that Professor Albertesero fancied herself as a Thargoid whisperer. The final report will focus primarily on the loss of the megaship Alexandria, which remains missing. The Scrivener's clan Dredger is also missing amid rumours that it may have found significant new information about azimuth biochemicals. There has been no further word from Salvation, who has a vast horde of Guardian technology and who plans to supplant Aegis as the primary rallying point for anti Thargoid technology and activity. President Hudson has remained quiet after losing two wars in quick succession, and suffering the biggest loss of Federation territory in history. The Domestic counter Terrorism Act has been cited as the cause for so many factions wishing to leave the Federation. There seems no clear view on the new cheaper and more easily available onion head Gamma Strain. A number of territories have declared it illegal, but in practice all this means is an on-the-spot fine if you are found in possession. The police are unlikely to confiscate the drug, and there seems to be very little political will to act against Archon Delane, the Blue Viper Club and the Sirius Corporation, all of whom are allegedly profiting from this new narcotic. And the Thargod Cult continues preparation of its three new megaships for their voyages of conversion, sacrifice and transcendence. Only good can come from giving a bunch of Thargoid botherers some megaships to play with.
6: And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.
1: No. Am I lost? Or is Shan gone?
2: I think we might have lost
3: Shan. Shan. Gone. We've lost Shan? It's been eaten by an alpaca. <laughs> 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 well, uh, stop, how, we,
1: how we would have wanted it.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Better than a crochet needle through the eye.
1: Nathan, let
0: go. Hey, maybe,
1: hey. Maybe, maybe that's what's happened. Maybe all we know is is he's he's right next to his microphone with a knitting needle through his head.
2: <laughs> oh, not a crochet hook, not a crochet yeah. hook. I'm not
1: seeing that. See, I see. I don't know how you crochet. All I can think of is just knitting. Sorry, am I might mute or something. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. we thought you were You're dead. Here, we, we thought you'd got no, no, to no, crochet i you about, like
4: about like a serious.